So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley we are live with episode 52. Hello, everyone. How are you today? I hope you're doing well. My name is Ben Hartley, and this is the Six Figure Photography Podcast. You guys, thank you so much for being here. The reason that this podcast exists is to help you grow your business really highlighting, punching in on two key ways that just keep coming around and around. And again, number one is understanding your own self-worth. And number two is making sure that you're providing value to every single person that you encounter. We talk about this in a number of super practical ways uh, by bringing in industry experts who are in the photo world, but also who are out of the photo world. You guys, I've got a quick favor to ask for you. You guys have sent me emails and Facebook messages and texts, if you know me like that complimenting and encouraging to keep the podcast going. Thank you so much for those. Can I can I ask you for one favor? I would love if you would be able to hop on and leave a review over at iTunes. I want to highlight some of the reviews because I read everyone and they make me smile and they encourage me to keep going. If you've appreciated this show, it would mean the world to me. Uh, so look, a couple cool things about it. Number one is it makes me smile and it keeps the podcast going. Number two is it helps to actually bring in bigger audiences, bigger guests, which in terms of mean, uh, in terms, in turn, there we go, means I get to bring bigger guests to you guys. Uh, and so I actually wanted to highlight one of the reviews right now with you guys. This one came in from hope floats six, nine, eight, five. She said this, or he said this, uh, hands down one of the best photography podcasts out there. It's like he's in my head. Seriously though, Ben is inc incredibly relatable and understands the struggle that goes along with being a photographer. He is a phenomenal get. He has phenomenal guests that share amazing insights. And my absolute favorite part, he doesn't just want to talk about how you can, give me, can be better. He gives actionable steps to help you achieve your goals. He will challenge you and follow it up with a good dose of encouragement. Thank you so much for all you do, Ben. Thank you so much, Hope. Uh, Hope Floats 6985. I really appreciate you. Thank you for the review. You guys, you can find instructions for how to leave a review over at sixfigurephotography.com backslash review, or look, if you're on your iPhone and you got the podcast app pulled up, you can leave a review right on the podcast app. You guys, thank you so much. I, again, I just really appreciate you guys being here. Today's guest, let's jump right into it. Today's guest is Leanne Marie Gallis. She's out of Pins 
Pittsburgh. There it is, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, she has been a photographer for nine years. She's a family-focused wedding photographer for the Cosmopolitan Bride uh, industrial engineering background. Uh, you know, you may have seen her at WPPI, a few other big national workshops as well. Um, and today we're going to be talking all about uh, systems and workflows. Have you ever heard this phrase, you guys, right? You've got to spend money to make money. Have you ever thought about it this way instead? You've got to spend time to make time. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to create a photography business that is freed up from all of these daunting business tasks that allows you to create time to shoot more and time to make money and time to spend time with your family. Time, 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 right? We're going to be talking about having systems and workflows that open up new doors for more business growth and how how you don't have to be like a huge studio or an even like super organized. I'm so disorganized, but you don't have to be super organized, right? To really nail down on some great business strategies. Without further ado, we are going to bring up Leanne Marie Gallish. Leanne, welcome to the SFP podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. So uh, relatively local to my market. We're going to say local. Where, where are we calling from? Where are you at? I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so not too far from you, um, in the same general vicinity. Yeah. How's the market there in Pittsburgh? How are you doing over there? It's good. It's it's busy. It's consistent. We have some really beautiful weddings. We also, you know, we're in the rolling hills of the Alleghenies. So we have those barn weddings, which I don't shoot a ton of, but we have that out here kind of going for us. Um, but it's great. It's a wonderful market. We have awesome photographers out here, a lot of talented people. Yeah. Fantastic. I think that's one of the, like my favorite perks of, of getting the opportunity to talk to so many different photographers and travel around is just hearing, you know, everyone's in, in such different spaces. I mean, even as listeners, some of you may be listening and, and you're like from a tiny small town uh, out in Illinois or you're in Chicago or, you know what I mean? It's just like such uh, a vast uh, variety that you have. So it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, let's, let's jump right into things here, but I want to kind of lay some framework for the listeners of, of where you got started. Cause you've been at uh, wedding photography for a little while now. And so I want to give that framework. Can you give us like bullet point history of, of where photography has taken you in your career? Sure. So I've been in business for nine years now and I started actually as a industrial engineer. So I have an engineering background from the university of Pittsburgh and I started my engineering career. I was working, you know, my desk job in my cubicle with my little nameplate. I think I still have it actually somewhere. And, uh, my husband and I got married and I'm just a naturally competitive person. So whenever I got back my wedding photos, I was like, uh, I bet you I could do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could do better than yeah, this I, I could do that. Um, so, you know, I got, I started learning and diving into everything and I built my business kind of from my cubicle and working on the weekends. And after that, I quit my job two years later, things took off and I've been shooting ever since then. So, okay, so let's, let's rewind there. You said, so two years later, so you were in the transition from being part-time working a day job for two years before you left your day job and went full-time. Is that correct? Right. So my first year of shooting, I shot three weddings and then the next year I shot 28 and then the next year I shot 32. So my, the trajectory of how busy I was just 
went crazy all of a sudden. And I went from working part-time to eventually doing, or I'm sorry, full-time to doing part-time. But honestly, I was part-time at my, at, um, the company I was with for maybe three months. And then I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I yeah. can't do it anymore. So yeah. I, I I think it's important though. I think it's an important thing to talk about. I, I want to get used to talking about this more often uh, yeah. with guests. You know, there are certain, um, I don't know what to call them. They're like the one percenters. They're like the golden kids of like uh, the industry who just like, I got out of high school and then I started my photography career, like right off the gate. <laughs> um, but like it, it, two years, you know, you were, you were building this thing uh, over a two year period of time before you were able to jump in and, and allow it to sustain you. And I just think it's right. an important thing to, to, to talk about is the patience, uh, and the work that it took, uh, to build that. And so mm-hmm. I also want to hone in on here for a second. So year one, three weddings, year two, 28 weddings. And then of course going full time, you know, you, you hit your 30 mark or whatever it was. Right. Um, what do you think led to from three to 28 across that first two year period of time while you were still part-time. And by the way, you guys, we're going to be talking about workflows. We're going to be talking about yeah. systems, but I, I, I want to know this stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh man, there's a nugget there that I want to dive deeper into. Yeah. Uh, what would you, what would you attest that to? So I think that a lot of it was due to some really strategic planning. I did a lot of pricing changes and networking, um, throughout that year. So I started, I honestly found my first couple of weddings on Craigslist. I don't know if people even put up weddings on Craigslist anymore, but oh, they do. that's oh, they okay. Do. So that's where I found my first couple of weddings and I dove right into blogging. Um, so I was up and running with my website, kind of no shame in my game, putting it all out there for people to get to know me as quickly as possible. Um, and also networking with local wedding photographers and vendors. I started meeting with people right away. I know I was really fresh and new to it, but I wanted to approach things as professionally as possible, as early as possible. So I think the combination of those two things, really getting my name out there in the vendor world and also blogging and just putting myself online as much as possible kind of helped to change things and move it forward quickly. And then the same thing with my pricing strategy. I, um, started changing my pricing every three bookings that I got, I would adjust my pricing and just keep moving so that I got to where I wanted to be as quickly as possible, I guess. Yeah, no, this, this totally makes sense. You took actually, even as you were talking, I was like, is this me talking? Like you took the very same trajectory that I did. And, And it's one that, uh, it takes, um, constant movement, constant change. It takes, uh, zero shame, zero mantization about, about what you're doing and how you're doing it. Cause that's kind of, I actually want to break this down for a quick second. I think this is really important to talk about. Like, uh, Craigslist, let's talk about Craigslist for a minute. Craigslist gets all kinds of negative rap, right? Right. About like, Oh, you don't want to go to Craigslist. That's like budget brides. It's Craigslist brides. That's like shameful. That's something, but look, if you're starting out, if you're in year, if you're in month one, right? You're in like week one. You better believe I'd be going to Craigslist, right? You better believe like that's just the reality of where you're going to be at. And that's the brides at the start. You need, you need clients, you need someone. I don't care. Look, when I started, it was like 300 bucks. Sure. Let's go do this thing. Let's rock it. Right. Right. And so are you going to shoot a $10,000 wedding off Craigslist? Yeah, maybe doubt it. But, (laughs) but, um, but I love that fact that that's where you started. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't get proud about, uh, your, your beginnings. What were you going to say, Liam? Oh, I was going to say that even my first wedding that I shot on Craigslist was at a venue that I just shot at last year. So I'm still working there and I'm on their preferred vendors list. So 
I think that I don't think I would be on their preferred vendors list if I didn't take my business seriously over the course of these nine years. But even the first wedding that I got was not just some like wedding in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, it wasn't a cheapo wedding necessarily. It's just that they hired me cheaply and, but it still was a great venue. And now I'm still on their preferred vendors list. So, you know, you get those random lucky breaks, you get clients that become your sneezers. If you know a little about the sneezers effect and people that just spread your name like wildfire. So I ran across one of those clients really early to start and she helped a lot for my business growth as well. Nice. Uh, nice. And then, okay. Second thing you did that I, I totally relate to and respond to, and I want to encourage everyone to go do is, is you recognized how important other people are to your own success and building off the backs of others who've already gone before you. They've already done it. They've already found the clients for you. They've already made the mistakes, uh, and quickly networking and getting your name out there. I think that is so critical. And then the next thing is you, you thrashed, you thrashed girl. Like you changed. Like, I love that you change your pricing so much. Like I still do that by the way, like our pricing structure, our strategy, everything just continually uh, changes and develops. And I'm always looking for opportunities to change. And one of the best pieces of advice I can give a photographer is look for the opportunity to change before change is forced upon you because change is coming right. One way or another, the market's going to change. Uh, the economy is going to change. Uh, what's, what's fresh and what's current and what's new uh, and what's trendy is going to change photography gear and equipment is going to change technology. And so you better be looking for it before it smacks you in the face. And, uh, and I love that. So anyhow, I just want to highlight those three things. I think it's so important. We could do a whole episode on each one of those, uh, but good for you, man. Thanks. I appreciate well, it. It was a lot. It was a lot of work, but definitely worth it. And I do have to credit, um, you know, your, my husband and family supporters too. There were times when I was working a full-time job and then I would come home and work in the evenings. And he had so much patience with me in building my business. And now I have the freedom to do a lot more. So, you know, you have to credit those people that are really close to you as well. Nice. Yeah. Totally agree with that. So this was back in, you said, did you say Oh nine? When was this? Oh nine. Yep. Okay. Oh nine. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're in 2017 now. So now you've been full-time, uh, you know, going on what's that's, I'm working on the well, maybe what nine years? Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> like I was an art major. Give me some time. <laughs> okay, cool. So nine years. That's good. Um and and you've continued to grow since then. Look, we're going to be talking about systems today. I want to talk about workflows and systems because I I know this is a part of that journey. I know this is a part of that growth process. And so um how have workflows and systems played out for for allowing you to grow as you have over these last nine years? They've been incredibly useful for my business because whenever I started, I just didn't have the free time to work on things in my office all day long because I was working my full-time job. So I realized very quickly that I needed to figure out a way to make kind of the behind the scenes stuff work as easily as possible so that I could not spend a ton of time doing it and going back and forth with clients because I was sitting at, a, at my cubicle. I was expected to do my day job during the day. So I invested in studio management software when I only had one client. So some of the very first contracts that I sent out were through studio management software. And I started really thinking about how can I set up a workflow? What is the way, what are the ways that I'm going to do things? How is this business going to run? And they've been modified a, a ton of times over the course of these years, but I don't think that I would have the flexibility 
in how I talk to my clients, in how I serve my clients without having workflows behind the scenes so that I know everything that needs to be done at any given point in time. Nice. So you, you were talking about uh, needing workflows, needing systems in order to address some of the behind the scenes things. What are some of those things that you've used workflows for? So, um, I use them for sending contracts, obviously for keeping track of my leads. Uh, I needed some sort of system to keep track of everybody as they came in. Who did I have conversations with? Who am I in detailed conversations with? Who do I need to follow up with all of that lead tracking? And then after the wedding, making sure that I sent the appropriate emails at specific times that I had all of their files well organized and backed up that I knew where any job was at any point in time. Those are all the different pieces of my workflow that I need to all be functioning, especially when I'm getting up to shooting 30 weddings a year by myself. Uh, I need to know where any client is at any given point in time and make sure they're all consistent. consistent. Um, I'm also a big believer that consistency is king. So if I'm consistent for client A, then whenever they refer me to their best girlfriend, then I'm also consistent for her. And that referral funnel just keeps going because everybody knows what to expect whenever they work with me. Nice. So just starting out, let's say a photographer is listening right now. They're in, you said, you know, you started thinking about workflows on client one. Um, good for you, Leanne. <laughs> I don't think very many of us are like you. <laughs> you know, like, man, like what I love it. So, you know, for many people we're you know, we're kind of, we don't start thinking about workflows until we're kind of knee deep, right? Right. Maybe we're feeling like uh, our time has run out. Um, we're starting to get more clients that need more, more time, more of our time than we have. And so what do you do with the photographer who's in the middle uh, of the year, who's in kind of buried? Um, how, how do they begin to pull themselves out, uh, with, with workflows? I think it just starts with focusing on one small aspect of your business that you can put some sort of system to. So if you say I might be knee deep in wedding season right now, things are feeling a little crazy. I feel like I need to get something in order. Where do I start? Maybe you just say, let's start with how I track my leads and how I follow up with people, create a system for that, stick with it. And then when you get some breathing room, you can shift your attention to focusing on maybe your post-production or your blogging or your social media strategy so that you take it in bits and pieces, but it progressively gets better and better over the course of time. Um, and one of the things, let's stay on that topic for a quick second. Let's stay on that topic. So, um, let's say for a photographer who is knee deep, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're working part-time, they're shooting as well. What are maybe some of like the three most important ones to kind of get started with? Cause like you just said, it's a little overwhelming. There's so many different things to be managing. Uh, where do you see workflows being most important? If you could kind of rank it in terms of getting time back, uh, or even just stress or anxiety, where do you find the most important workflows? and systems for someone who's, who's beginning to implement. So I think the the two biggest ones to save you time and keep you organized are definitely going to be your lead management strategy. How are you following up with people and keeping them organized? Because the more you have a strategy behind your lead management, the more they convert into actual clients. You know, if you don't follow up with someone, then it's pretty easy for them to not get in touch with you. So having some sort of strategy behind how you manage your leads. And the second one to save you time is going to be how you do all of your post-production. So how do you manage your files? Where are you backing them up? Where are you um, using your editing systems or sending them out to be edited? And how are you delivering those to clients? The third piece that I think is really important, especially for wedding photographers, 
isn't a timepiece, but more of a referral strategy is really putting a workflow behind how you get images out to, uh, your social media following on your blog and vendors, because those are huge parts of my business that are built into my workflow that then produce referral business. Nice. I love this. I want to talk about these three now in a little bit more detail. Uh, let, let's make this, this episode a super practical episode, a super one that we're like, people can like go back and like start to implement this stuff. Um, I love it. Okay. So for starters, let's talk lead tracking, right? Um, now when you started with your lead tracking back with like lead, uh, lead one client one, were you using software? Were you in like you know, Google spreadsheets, uh, I guess Google spreadsheets didn't exist back then, but you get it like Excel, uh, were you writing stuff down? What, what kind of, um, software, uh, are people looking at? And is that, is that a, another cost that we need to consider? Well, there's tons of different ways that you can do it. Whenever I first started, I was a shoot user. So I used shoot for a very long time. Um, yeah, me too. currently I use Tave. I've said some, nice. me too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they both have served me really well for different kind of periods in my business. And I think that some of the studio management software that's out there is incredible. My, uh, lead tracking workflow in Tave is automated when it needs to be, but personal when it needs to be. So it's very applicable to all of my leads that are coming into my studio. That being said, if you are not a photographer that's not ready to invest in studio management software. There are systems out there, like even Google spreadsheets or, you know, um, even spreadsheets that you might have in your office or whiteboards where you keep track of people. Um, are you familiar with uh, Trello? Yes. Trello is fantastic. I also love boomerang for Gmail. If you're a Gmail user, Amen. yeah, yeah, I use it all the time. Um, it's a great way to just send emails, kind of you send them out of your inbox and then you send them back at a specific point in time. So that might help you to keep track of people. So there's definitely systems that are built specifically for photographers and managing their studio that you'll pay a subscription for. And there's also some ways to do it free. It just depends on where you are in your business. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Photographers who are listening, who maybe, uh, you're still trying to figure out where, where the budget's coming from to make some of this stuff happen. Uh, Trello is a great option, uh, to work, uh, to track kind of someone across a, a workflow. It's a very manual process though, where, when you get into something like Tave, uh, you get to automate a lot more things. Um, but I love what you just said, uh, Leanne about boomerang. We use boomerang to to track, um, portions of our lead tracking straight inside of Gmail. It's a really powerful tool that, um, just like you said, pulling things out of the inbox and bringing them back in on automated timeframes. Uh, it's a great thing to check out. I think it's like $5 a month, uh, which won't kill you. Um, but that's fantastic. And so now you're in, you're in Tabe. I want to kind of address something that you had hinted at, and that's the, the balance of automation and personal touch. Right. Because we, you know, we're a service based industry and furthermore, weddings, it's a very personal thing. And then we often market ourselves based on, uh, around who we are and, right. and all the subtle nuances that go, uh, on with that. And so how do you balance that? You know, using Tave, using, using some of the automations, how do you make sure that, um, something doesn't get automated, you know, that, that shouldn't have been automated or like sent off to someone that you, you've had that, you've had that text or you've had that phone conversation about that thing. And then, and then the automated email went out that just like asked it again. So how do you kind of control that? That's a great question. And I feel like whenever I speak about automation and workflow, it's asked 
all the time by photographers because we do run such personal businesses. The way that I manage it for my studio is I can tell whenever a lead emails me, um, what kind of response fits them. So, you know, you get kind of the price shoppers who are like, are you available? What is your pricing? And that to those clients, I'll send the more general email template that I have. Um, anybody else that seems like they want a more personal response or they come from a personal referral that I know I'll respond to them personally within a template. And then I type in some additional information. Those two different kinds of clients go into separate categories in my studio management. So one category is first response personal, and the other one is first response general. And from there, I know the general ones, they can get another automated email because things are still running a little bit more on a need to know basis. The personal ones, I have reminders to follow up with them and and that kind of thing. So it, it funnels them through and keeps track of people so that I know who they are. And then I'm able to keep track of all their emails in there too. So I can refer back to them at any point in time. Nice. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I guess one of the things you need to talk about is like setting this up like it takes time. Like this is going to be an investment of, of trying to figure out, uh, all this stuff. And I feel like many photographers, they start and then they kind of get overwhelmed because they already don't have time. Uh, and then they end up leaving it behind. I mean, even everything that you just were talking about, it felt kind of like, wow. Okay. So how do I even begin to understand and organize that process? Do you have any, do you have any tips for, um, beginning to set this stuff up, taking the time. I've heard you say this before. You've got to take time to make time. Right. Right. Um, and so how, how do you do that though? Like, do you have any, um, uh, any tips? Absolutely. So it, and I can relate to this firsthand because I reevaluate my workflow every year. So just two weeks ago, I was going in and reevaluating all of my workflows for this coming season. So I put time into this every year. It's not like it's just something that I set and forget. I always go back and reevaluate things. So just two weeks ago, I was going down writing all of the things that I want to change. How do I want things to be timed out and kind of in the nitty gritty of things and setting it up. And it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm putting so much time and energy into this. And maybe you're a little confused on how to set it all up, but I can tell you now sitting here talking to you that I'm like, Oh yeah, 2017 is going to be awesome because I have so much awesome stuff going out to my clients and it's so organized. Like you just feel this sense of relief once it's done. Um, where I start with everything is pen and paper. I am a very technical kind of person. I love all my gadgets and stuff, but I have to sit down with a pen and paper and just write it out, do like a little charting series of how I want different things to go, putting dates and times to them, noting what emails do I need to write as templates? What do I want to send my clients when? How do I want to upsell things throughout the course of the process? Like, There's tons to think about, but getting it on pencil and paper will help you to just hash it out. And then you can take that and plug it into whatever system you decide you're going to use. Nice. Can you, do you mind sharing some of the things you've been working on? Do you have any, do you have any new parts to your workflow and any one of the workflows that you're like, Oh, I'm really excited to start implementing this year. Do you mind pulling back the curtain? A little yeah, bit? sure. I'm actually sitting here with a big smile on my face. Cause I'm actually really excited about it. So I, um, I realized this year, I mean, I typically sell a decent number of albums from all of my clients throughout the course of the year. And I thought, you know, I really want to sell more and I want my clients to buy more prints, but I'm not necessarily meeting for in-person sales. So 
I got my wheels turning on, well, how can I encourage my clients to buy more prints and buy more albums throughout the course of the year? And I always go back to, you have to repeat things to people at least three times for them to remember them. So I built into my workflow, a couple of very strategically timed emails that feel very conversational and very relevant to their planning process but are talking about wedding albums and talking about prints and talking about what you would want to hang on your walls and why you might think about doing parent albums and all of those kind of things. So I have some really strategic emails going out about that to plan the process. And then I switched up a little bit on the timing of my deliverables as well. So I'm excited for this year because I think that by putting those into my workflows and by automating some of that email correspondence that it'll eventually turn into higher print sales and higher album sales this year. So I'm really excited about it. Nice. I love it. You guys just once again, pay attention to how often we're talking about making changes in your business. I mean, like these are things that we should be continually reevaluating, uh, at least once a year, you know, once a quarter, I I think that there's so much opportunity again for growth. If you want to, if you want to grow your business, it means you're going to have to be quick on your feet and you're going to have to make changes and you're going to have to go hard. And it's going to mean making changes too. That might feel like a risk in the moment. Um, but that's the only way it's gonna happen because look, the only that'll happen is if you fell faster. You got to fell faster. Like that might fall fl- uh, flat on its face, Leanne, right? But you don't know. You got to try it out. Uh, it might be really successful. It might be fantastic. Um, but you, you guys, you got to fail faster. Anyhow, side note, <laughs> I'm like little mini rants throughout this whole episode. Uh, I love it. Um, Leanne, do you have anything else to add to lead tracking before we start transitioning over here to post-production workflow? I think um, just when it comes to lead tracking to understand how you can communicate with clients in a way that feels really conversational. So I send to some of my wedding clients, Hey, I know wedding planning can get a little crazy. Have you thought about, you know, planning your timeline? If that's something that's on your mind, here's a page that I have on my website dedicated to wedding timelines. So I'm giving them valuable content Mm -hmm. without feeling pushy. So that's something that I really wanted to incorporate into my lead um, strategy is keeping touch with these brides without feeling like, Hey, are you going to hire me for your wedding photography? Do you have any questions? Let's talk. So, um, that's something that you'll want to keep in mind when you're planning your strategy behind all of your lead tracking as well. So not only is it planning the workflow and the timing of things, but also the strategy behind it. So it should come together and mesh really well so that, you know, eventually all of those leads turn into bookings. All right, you guys, I, I got to uh, interrupt for a hot second here and just pause to thank uh, one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast, if that's okay. I want to give a big shout out to FreshBooks. So look, the internet has changed everything. You and I are walking examples of this. Like the fact that we are self-employed, uh, that we run our own business, you guys, is is incredible. The ability to be more mobile, more autonomous, uh, more connected. Look, one in three Americans are self-employed. By 2020, that's probably going to be like 40%. All that to be said, though, the world was not built for self-employment. Like so many institutions, banks, retirements, um, like insurance, my gosh, insurance, accounting, um, it wasn't built for self-employment. And so thankfully, there are other companies that are stepping up to the plate, right? They're stepping up to innovate and to provide a solution uh, for you and I, really, for freelancers, for small business 
owners. You guys, this is FreshBooks. FreshBooks has stepped up to the plate to fill this void, to provide this service for you guys. They've got an all new version. It's been completely redesigned from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way that you work. This is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, uh, and I guess most importantly, to, to get paid more quickly, right? It's not just uh, ridiculously easy to use. It has so many features um, for uh, for invoicing, like just to, to create a custom invoice in less than 30 seconds, uh, to get online payments out the door within just a couple of ki- uh, clicks, uh, get paid four days faster. And then a really cool feature too in regards to these invoices and sending this out is you get to track it. You get to monitor when your client has seen the invoice. Uh, and it just really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money coming in. You guys, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day full free trial to you guys, to the listeners of the SFP audiences. And as I say this, this is a full trial. There's no like limits to it. Uh, here's what you need to do to claim it. You need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography and then enter six figure photography, all caps, S-I-X for six, six figure photography. And how did you hear about a section? I'll get links right down below for you guys. Okay. Let's hop back into the interview. Let's talk about post-production for a minute. Um, this is huge. I mean, there, there's so there's so many opportunities uh, to be outsourcing. There's so many opportunities for workflows. And look, maybe even as we're talking about workflows, we're, we're maybe not talking about outsourcing, right? But even workflows within uh, within your, your post-production. Um, so for you, when we start talking about post-production, what does that all encompass? Is that just editing for you? What else is it? It encompasses my album design, the editing of my images, delivering images over to my clients and vendors that I've worked with. And also that all important asking for reviews step, which I think is forgotten. So it includes all those different things. Awesome. Let's talk about post-production first. And then I want to transition to, to, um, to asking for reviews. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll kind of conclude your moving towards social media, uh, networking out with vendors and getting them images, that kind of stuff. Um, take us through a little bit of your history with post-production because I'm sure, uh, you have some history. My guess is that you didn't start out with it nailed down that you've tried a number of things. Can you talk about some of the things that you've tried over the years? Sure. So I, uh, whenever I first started, I edited my own images for a while. I would say two years I was editing my own images, but here's the thing. I'm not an image editor. I actually was really terrible at it. If you go and look at some of my past work, actually don't go look at some of my past work because it's not good. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I did edit on my own. I took some Lightroom and Photoshop courses. I was at that point in my business, um, very new to things, trying different looks and feels and styles as all photographers do and probably should just to know what their voice is. Um, so I was doing a lot of it on my own for me personally. I knew that that wasn't my strong point anyway, and it was taking up so much of my time that that was pretty much the bottleneck in my business. So knowing that I said, something's got to give, I've got to change this somehow. And that's when I made the decision to outsource. Um, it definitely was a time thing. I didn't want to spend the time doing it. And it was a, this is not my, my most valuable skill. So I'm not going to spend my time doing it. Yeah. Where did you look for, for outsourcing? I said, where did you look to for outsourcing? Yeah. So I, I tried two editing companies whenever I was first looking, I sent them the exact same wedding so that I could get it back and see, uh, get a feel for their process and how things worked with them. And then ultimately what the images looked like. And I decided I used shoot.edit. So I've been a shoot.edit user since 2011. And for me as an engineer, I love that they were, um, very, 
had great communication with me. I always knew where my images were in the entire process and I like their edit better. So that's obviously an important qualifier. So, um, I started working with them a long time ago. And since then I feel like my business has grown because again, going back to that consistency, my work has looked beautiful because they're helping me to manage it and help my images to be really well color corrected and all of that good stuff. So, um, that has since then saved me tons of time. I've been able to travel. I have a daughter that's at home with me, um, a couple of days a week. So we get to spend lots of time together and it helps me to have a good work-life balance and my husband still likes me. So that's, you know, obviously important that he still likes having me <laughs> around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I as well, I'm on uh, Shuta edit and have, um, we've gone through the transition, uh, to be on their style match system. We actually helped them to develop the whole style match system, which, uh, if, for those of you listening, um, this isn't like if you go to the website, it's, it's not even going to be out there just yet, but style matches is an opportunity that you have with shoot edit for, uh, for you to create a custom look for your studio. So not just normalized images, but an actual, uh, we'll go ahead and say preset, but a preset style or look, uh, for example, you know, like, uh, maybe clipped blacks or, you know, just telling something or another or greens that are a little bit bluer or whatever it may be. Um, and then shoot at edit will actually, uh, create that, uh, custom look within their system and deliver finalized images for you. Um, where it's, fully to the to the to the nth degree of of what uh the uh the finalized um result should be so anyhow uh it, dude leanne have you tried style match yet i'm on it and i love it i get back a job an engagement session or a wedding and i look at it and i'm like mm, yep okay yeah, yeah <laughs> moving <absolutely>. on <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, it wasn't, by, by the way, I've, I've done a full review of my entire career, my process of, of working with editors and outsourcing and, and the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, of things. And so even as we're talking about that itself, it's taken time, right? It's taken time. It's taken back and forth of, of conversations, uh, to make sure that they've gotten better and better and understood more and more what we're looking for. But we're really at the point now where, uh, actually Ben Adams, our head photographer just looked over at me, got an, got an edit back from should I that? And he's just like, man, they're so darn good now. Um, but it takes, it does take some energy. It does take some work and, and it takes some time going back and forth, which I loved. I loved how you started off actually submitting, uh, a, the same wedding to two different editors. I think that was really smart. Do you have any other tips for someone? Let's say someone's going to start out with shoot to edit. Do you have any other tips for things that they should keep in mind, uh, timing thoughts, ideas, uh, to make that transition, uh, one that will hopefully give them the best results? I think that you hit the nail on the head was saying that you have to go back and forth a couple of times. But again, in some of the things that we've just been talking about in this podcast, you have to put in the time to make the time. So talking with them, understanding this is what you're going to be receiving. The whole process for submitting a job just is a learning curve with anything. So you'll want to go through that process and give it a chance. Cause I feel like sometimes as artists, we're willing to give it up. And then we're like, we take it back. You're like, no, never mind. I don't want to do that anymore. It's just a, a something that you need to get used to. So now that I'm used to sending out my images for color correction, I send them out. I get them back. I know exactly what to do going forward. I know exactly what to expect. And um, just giving everything a chance. I think that if you, if outsourcing your post-production is something that has been on your radar, definitely give it a shot and um, see how much you love it. Because I, I would beg to guess that you will love it. 
going forward. <laughs> so it sounds like you, you were pretty, uh, I mean, to make that transition wasn't too hard for you, right? You kind of, you had the self-awareness to recognize, I kind of suck at editing. I bet someone can do this better. Right. What about the photographer out there who's like, this is, this is important. This is me. This is my art. These are my images. I should be editing. And yet they feel that way. And yet there's no time for it. Let's be like their, their business is growing. They don't have the time for it. Um, what do you say to that photographer? I always tell photographers, if they ask me about outsourcing and using shoot.edit and sending their images out, you can send a job out to be color corrected and get back a gallery that is consistent in terms of skin tone and exposure and white balance, and then put your artistic touches on top of that. Because if you start with a file, that's a clean image, you can take it anywhere you want to. You have a great starting point. I I think that that's the best way for those who want to have that artistic touch, but don't want to put the time into everything. Send your images out, get them back color corrected, consistent, and then add your artistic touches. It's not going to take you nearly as much time as it would otherwise. Nice. That's a better answer than I was going to give. I was oh. going to just like suck it up. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, that was, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> I like yours. Yours is, nice. yours is a nice middle of the road. Uh, it's a good answer. I like yeah. it. All right. So let's talk about getting these, these images, these files to vendors, social media, outsourcing workflows, all that stuff. Cause I mean, look, uh, we were talking just before we, we went live with this episode about, you know, Instagram and Facebook and, and this stuff. And even just like, do is, is Facebook even relevant right now? Like what, where, do, where are our values at? Because there's so many things to manage, so many different systems to make sure that we're, we're constantly keeping up to date with. And so maybe let's talk about social media here for a minute. Do you have any workflows or systems in place to allow your images to go from camera to, to your social media platforms uh, in a streamlined manner? Yes. So as soon as I am done photographing a wedding, I come home, I import everything. I pull a handful of images right away that include very specific details, client moments, clients looking at the camera and smiling to use it on their Facebook page. Um, something that's more of an artistic draw details. I put them up as quickly as possible because I want to be the first to have them up. I don't want, um, so I don't want a florist that I'm working with to post images that they took on their iPhone. I want them to grab mine and use them. So I will put them up. I'll tag, um, any vendors that I worked with also include the locations and the venues. And then after I get back my edit, which because I'm outsourcing my editing doesn't take very long to get it back. I will pull those images that are specific to a vendor and I have vendor galleries. So I have a vendor gallery for each florist that I work with frequently for a lot of the venues that I work with frequently. I take images and I put them into their vendor gallery. So they only have to remember one link. And I can tell you that that has got me so much play on social media because they're busy people too. And they can just refer to one link to pull all of the wedding images that we've shot together. Nice. So, and you're, you're distributing that content through what platform? The images that I send over to my vendors and my venues, I put up in a shoot proof gallery and then they can pull those at any point in time. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. We've just transitioned over to shoot proof and uh, love it. We used to be, well, originally we were on pass and then we went to pixie set and now we're on shoot proof. Like I said, you guys change, evolve, the industry changes and evolves, grow with it. And yeah, shoot proof is the bomb. Uh, We're super, super happy uh, on that platform. And uh, I love that. I love that idea of giving uh, your vendor one link that gets updated each time. And so within that link, then they would have what a different album or gallery per event that you've shot. 
Yeah. And I can tell you that I've got a lot of feedback from marketing managers at the different venues and the, the, like a linen company just emailed me the other day saying, thank you so much. I'm always hunting down links and emailing people. So if I give that to them, it's serving them because it's helping to save them time. And therefore they want to refer to it all the time. And then they pull those images. I tell them, you know, if you're going to post it here, here's how you credit. If you're going to post it here, here's how you credit, make it really easy for them to share your images because it's sharing their work in a beautiful way. So it's a, it's a really big win-win and having it just at that one link makes it, you know, even a little bit easier. Nice. How do you feel about watermarking for vendor images? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's like a whole nother podcast. No, um, I don't watermark my images simply because I just don't like watermarks on my images. So <laughs> I, I'm just particular. I'm not a fan of it. I know that some people like it and I know a lot of photographers who do put watermarks on there. I think it's very much a personal preference. Um, I don't put them on there, but I do send them instructions. Like if you're going to post it on Facebook, here's my Facebook page, please tag me. If you're going to post on Instagram, here's my Instagram page. Here's how you would tag me. Um, and honestly, I get lots of people who come back, um, people in terms of clients and brides who say, I've just seen your name everywhere. So it's not that my name isn't getting out just because my watermark's not on an image. So if somebody told me they've never seen my work somewhere and I was like, oh yeah, you definitely have, then I would be worried about it, but they're tagging me on things. So it just doesn't bother me. Yeah. I, I, I'm in the same camp as you. We do not do that. And we make sure that our our vendors uh, know that, that we want them to be able to use the images in whatever way that they'd like and have the best quality, you know, high-res file to use however they'd like. Um, with with that in mind, just like whenever they, if they do that, that they would keep us in mind was they're having conversations, that they would give us a shout out or a tag, um, that if they put any, uh, an image on their website, that they would give a backlink exactly. uh, to us. You know, I think there's there are far greater things that are more important than making sure that the images have your stupid watermark on it. Mm-hmm. And these are things like relationships. These are things like uh, a backlink to your website. Right. These are things like like giving somebody something first before you you ask something in return and, and being able to be the photographer who shows up and is not uh, – look, I'm going to give some harsh words here – who's not um, – petty <laughs> or even I think it's a self-confidence thing, like self-confident, uh, self-conscious about their images. Like I, I like to be the photographer. I'm not, I'm not worried. Like you can go take my images. That's okay. I'm still going to win. Right. I'm still right. going to beat you. That's how I feel. Yeah. And uh, I think too, if I look back at my images, we were talking about, you know, changing and evolving your business over time. If I put my watermark on everything, I would have old watermarks on stuff out there. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't even want my watermark on things because then if I change anything, my colors, my logo, my branding down the road, now, you know, it's an old photo. So that's another reason that I kind of leave it off. Let's go, let's go real quick. Watermark etiquette for 2017, bottom right hand corner, uh, white, about 70% transparent, uh, same spot every single time. Um, no more than one sixth of the frame and width. 
There you go. There's, there's my, nice. <laughs> I just took there notes on that just in case. I okay, good. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. Um, any other, any other recommendations or tips in, in regards to, I love this by the way, uh, for getting images out to vendors. I, I've already, look, I, I'm taking notes over here. I'm literally going to be updating our workflow when we hang up this, this, this conversation. So, uh, anything else you'd like to add to this? I think that there are some good ways that you can use it in social media. Um, you know, Jasmine Starr was talking on one of your previous podcasts about Insta stories versus what you post on Instagram, posting behind the scenes with your vendors, tagging them in that way, using your Insta stories to showcase some of their work. I did an Insta story a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, that was all about pink bouquets. It's just kind of random for my brides, but all the images I pulled were from the same florist. So she gets play from that too. So I, I always try to hype up the people that I really love working with because I feel like the more you give, the more you get in return. It's good karma in general. So the more you can share with people and help their businesses grow, the more that you'll see it in return. And I just last night saw tons of my vendor friends at a show that we were doing and I get hugs from everybody because we have really great relationships. And I think that that's what it's all about. That's what will help your business grow in the long run. Yep. Love it. Awesome. And look, I, I hear you've got something, uh, you've got some things for our listeners in regards to helping them begin to think through established workflows. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? What, what do you got? Yeah. So we've put together and by we, I mean me and my business partner, Heather, she's fantastic. We've put together a photo workflow because, um, you know how the, how you say, if you have a cluttered office, then you just can't get anything done. Well, I think that that's the same thing for all of your images and your files and how you just first store everything and organize everything. So we've put together a photo workflow series to help everybody get started with their workflow and setting things up, organizing. And that can be found at flourish.academy slash six figure. So all the podcast listeners can go there to access our photo workflow series. And from there, we talk a lot about um, workflow for your lead tracking, your business management, and a lot of other really great tips and tools that we've put together to help photographers grow their businesses. Heather and I have both been in business for close to 10 years. Actually, she's probably closer to 15 at this point as successful wedding photographers here in our area. So we're trying to give back a lot of the stuff that we've learned over the course of those years. Nice. I love it. So you just dropped a flourish bomb there. Can you tell people more about flourish, where they can find you, uh, where they can learn more about what you're up to over there? Yeah. So we do, um, we're very active on Facebook. We're the flourish Academy on Facebook. We're doing live videos inspired by the one and only Ben Hartley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we try to go live over there with a lot of, um, behind the scenes stuff that we're doing and tips and tricks throughout the course of the day. We can also be found on the web at flourish.academy. So that's where you can find us. And we hope to connect with some of you soon. Thank you so much. Leanne, this has been really, uh, this has been really fun going back and forth during this conversation. I appreciate all your thoughts. Workflows is something that can get boring quick, but I think we kept it entertaining. I think we kept it um, uh, informative. And so uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Leanne. We'll see you over at Flourish. Thank you guys so much for listening in on today's episode. Uh, Look, I understand that some of the stuff is challenging and it's hard. We want to kind of hold on to everything, but creating systems and workflows, delegating, and dare I use the word outsourcing is so important for the growth of your business. You guys take this to heart and to begin uh, to implement this stuff. Uh, You guys, I'm going to wrap up with an invitation for you all. I would love to bring you guys in uh, a little bit more of, of the journey 
journey that I'm taking here with Six Figure Photography, with Stone Story Creative, and with my family uh, as I'm beginning to, to head out, travel around, and speak during this season. And so I want to have you guys follow me on Instagram over on my personal Instagram page, and that is going to be J Ben Hartley. So a little side note, you guys. My name is actually the letter J. It is not Ben Hartley. My name is the letter J. We'll talk about that later. So follow me on Instagram at J Ben Hartley, and I will see you guys there. Look, a uh, really quick little forecast for next episode. We have Ali Ciarto, and, and Ali and I are going to be talking about how to find your own style within this massive photography world. We will see you on the next episode of Six Figure Photography. Bye, everyone.